Hello, and welcome to today's edition of the fight against COVID-19, What's Really Going On, a CGTN radio podcast that brings you everything you need to know about the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm Yu Tianyu. In this edition, we will look at the safety and effectiveness of China's vaccines. Vaccines are powerful weapons against the COVID-19 pandemic. As one of the leading powers in vaccine manufacturing and distribution, China has worked to improve accessibility and affordability of its vaccines both at home and abroad. Wang Mengjie takes a look at how well China's vaccines work. Vaccines have been vital in China's fight against the COVID-19. Since the first wave of resurgence in December, China was questioned for the effectiveness of its vaccines. How effective are they, and what's the situation now? I talked to doctors and medical experts for more clinical experiences. No single vaccine will prevent infection at 100%, but vaccination is good at protecting people from critical illness and death caused by COVID-19. We see reducing effect of vaccines, no matter inactivated vaccines or mRNA. In preventing COVID-19 as a new Omicron variant is good at evading immunity. Their message is simple. COVID vaccines are not magic pills. They were never meant to offer 100% protection from infections, not to guarantee an instant end to the pandemic. But vaccines are very much needed for the global fight against COVID-19. They help prevent serious illness and death, with the virus ability to mutate quickly. And that brings more challenges to the vaccine development. That are very good at escaping immunity, especially if they're from a different lineage within Omicron. After the initial outbreak, China immediately shared the first completely genome sequence of the novel coronavirus with the WHO and began research and development of vaccines. So far, 13 COVID-19 vaccines developed in China via different technical routes have received the conditional market approval or being green-lighted for emergency use. Three have been approved by the WHO and are on its emergency use list. Together with those from pharmaceutical giants such as Pfizer, AstraZeneca and Moderna. The effectiveness of China's vaccines has also been proved a step further among elderly people. WHO research shows that three doses of an activated vaccine and three doses of the Pfizer mRNA vaccine offer basically equivalent protection against severe or fatal outcomes among adults aged 60 years or older. On January 8, 2023, China redefined it COVID-19 as a class B infectious disease. Chinese vaccines have been proved to offer the same protection against critical illness and death as foreign vaccines. Despite all vaccines given no guarantee to prevent the spread of Omicron globally. For China, COVID vaccines are not an income generator, but a global public good. The country says it will continue to provide vaccine aid for countries in need and cooperate with the international community. That was Wang Mengjie reporting. China's ambassador to the European Union is opposing the EU's travel protocols against Chinese arrivals. Fu Tong says he had spoken with EU officials and expressed China's concerns. Those extra restrictions on the part of the EU were not scientifically based. They were not based in evidence um, because the basic fact is that uh, the virus variants that are circulating in China are already found uh, in Europe. So there is no point 
uh, trying to uh, to prevent uh, Chinese travelers uh, or impose right. extra uh, restrictions on Chinese travelers. The ambassador also says the EU should be more concerned about the XBB 1.5 variant widely circulating in the United States. Business executives have gathered at the World Economic Forum to discuss economic recovery after the pandemic. China's economic performance will be watched closely. CGTN host Tian Wei met with the Asia-Pacific and China chairman at PwC China in Davos. She asked Raymond Chao about how the global business community feels about China's growth prospects. What are you hearing from your clients and friends here at the World Economic Forum about China's growth? My clients, um, the people I met with here, they're so enthusiastic to, to meet with us, to talk to us. They only get the media and sometimes the media misrepresent the situation. And so they really want to talk to someone from China. And so my clients were great. I mean, I've been having meetings you know, every half an hour. But it's great to meet with them. And I feel really positive you know, once I've met with them. I think before, you know, over the last little while, there's a fair bit of pessimism. And I think with China coming out and changing the uh, COVID policy and focusing on the economy and growth, and particularly with Vice Premier Liu's speech, I think it gave a lot of confidence, and we do need to build that confidence in the market. Among the points that he delivered, what are the most important to you and your clients? open clearly china is focused on quality growth and china will continue to open and china is going to be very focused on economic activities economic growth those are very very good uh, encouraging uh, remarks for the business community clearly and so um, i'm a little bit more optimistic at this point than i was before to be honest Uh, good i see you now yeah you hopefully see consumer confidence coming back, the investment community coming back, and hopefully you'll see a sharp uh, rebound of activities. The business executive also highlighted the resiliency of China's economy and its ability to bounce back quickly. It has been very difficult for the business community, no no doubt. But in terms of resilience, I think we've all seen in 2020 and how quickly China rebounded in 2021. Now, unfortunately, 2022 has been a very challenging year uh, for us. We still ended up with 3% uh, GDP growth, which is not bad given everything else that happened in uh, in, uh, 2022. Uh, So that level of resilience, I think, is clear in the mind. And I've had a number of discussions uh, with uh, with a major uh, international company just talked about that in terms of, you know, because the way... Uh, we are organized and the way our big domestic market, when the confidence is back, we really move very quickly vis-a-vis the rest of the world, actually. When they focus, when we focus on doing something, we do it very fast and effectively. That was Raymond Chao at PwC China about economic recovery and growth. With the Spring Festival arriving this weekend, many foreigners in China are extending their best wishes for the Chinese New Year. This year's Spring Festival will also be the first one since China optimized its COVID containment measures amid the pandemic. Zhang Tao has more. Richard Anthony Matthias is a primary school English teacher in Qingdao. The British has been in China for over seven years. Though many plans have been disrupted by COVID throughout the last year, 
He is already immersed in the excitement of preparing the New Year decorations. Did some calligraphy together. I also made like some couplets for decorating my door. I also made like it's kind of like a Christmas tree, but it's a Chinese vision.、Um, it's got gold and red colors, and then you decorate it with some like messages which um, give. Um, Some fortune and best wishes. Having lived in China for a long time, Mateus is used to celebrating the festival. Lanterns, red envelopes, delicious cuisines, and fireworks are among his deepest impressions of the New Year. He also extended his wishes for the New Year, hoping the auspicious rabbit element can bring luck for everyone in the year to come. I just hope that, like the whole world, and the whole world can just go back to normal. How it was like six years ago, like five years ago. I remember being in China at that time, and it was really an, an amazing time.、Um, it felt like you could do anything in China. It was like the the land of like opportunity, and it was limitless. And that's the China that I really love and miss. Mark Vivian Glovu is a senior student at Qingdao Agricultural University. He was born and raised in America, living in China for around four years. The 25-year-old says he is particularly impressed with Spring Festival's reunion culture. I just love how the Chinese New Year it, it brings so much memories. It's full of history, full of culture. The main thing that stands out for me is family time. Just how it brings family together. So this for me is the most key element. It's the most important part of、uh, Chinese New Year to get to sit down with friends and family that you haven't seen in so long. With the easing of COVID-related restrictions, the young man says he plans to travel more next year. I do plan on traveling this year, and you know, just spending time with my fiance, going out to travel to new places and learn more about the Chinese culture. I did have plans to travel back to the states, meet my family and friends, but now China's opened back up, and、uh, it, it's great. It's, it's a beautiful feeling to be able to travel back home and back into China. The American also expressed his wishes to set up company in China after graduation. That was Zhang Tao reporting. The China General Chamber of Commerce (USA) has held its annual gala to welcome the Chinese New Year. Business leaders are confident that the Year of the Rabbit will bring a fresh start to China-U.S. relations. Jody Jacobs reports. A night of glitz and glamour, a night to celebrate the Lunar New Year, the Year of the Rabbit. The aim of this annual event here in New York City is to deepen ties between the U.S. and China. Respect and resilience is the theme this year, and it comes at a time when data suggests trade between the two countries may be at an all-time high—760 billion dollars, to be exact, according to the latest figures. And while trade relations between China and the U.S. are but fractured, there's a sense here that a new direction is possible. People should respect the fact that China and the U.S. stand to gain. From cooperation and lose from confrontation. Several companies which work alongside the China General Chamber of Commerce (USA) say they will continue to do so. These companies contribute to millions of U.S. jobs. You have my commitment, on behalf of the entire state of New York, that your success. Means our success, and I'll be there for you every step of the way. For the first time, organizers handed out a lifetime achievement award. Former U.S. Secretary of State Henry Kissinger received one in recognition of his lifelong contribution to U.S.-China relations. I have every confidence that the President and the Secretary of State 
intend to move towards a relationship more compatible with peace and progress in the world. Despite ongoing political tensions between Washington and Beijing, many business people here are confident that with mutual respect, cooperation between the two countries will improve. That was Jody Jacobs in New York. With that, we end this episode of the fight against COVID-19. What's really going on? Subscribe to our podcast for another episode filled with facts, stories, and opinions concerning the global battle against the novel coronavirus. For more detailed stories about the pandemic, visit radio.cgtn.com or listen to our current affairs program, The Beijing Hour, online. Drop us a line on our podcast so we can provide you with even more content that interests you. I'm Yu Tianyu. Thanks for listening.